you recommend this documentary on Netflix. The name of it is A Secret Love, and it is a local story. In fact, the subject of the documentary, Terry Donahue, she is actually one of the players that inspired a league of their own. She was a catcher for the Peoria Red Wings for the All-American Girls Professional Baseball Team. League that, of course, inspired that famous 1992 movie that all of us love so much. Joining us now is the director, Chris Bolin. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, G. I'm well. How are you? Oh, so good. I what a beautiful film. I, I, you know, it, it's so touching. It was just absolutely precious. It's it was hopeful. It was inspirational. To, you know. Tell us how you're related to the subject uh, in, of the documentary, Terry Donahue. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm glad you enjoyed the film. Um, Terry, is, Terry Donahue is my great aunt, mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, I've been a big fan of hers from uh, my whole life. You know, I grew, we're, I grew up in Canada. Terry was born in Canada, came down to play ball in the 1940s, and um, from 46 to 49, and ended up staying in Chicago and lived in Chicago for 50 years, and then moved out to St. Charles in the suburbs there for 20. So, um, big fan of her my whole life. You know, when, when she did A League of Their Own, it was uh, very exciting. And, um, you know, when she came out, uh, with her partner in 2009 to me and they started sharing their beautiful love story I just was compelled to make this movie and what how old was she when she did come out to the family she was 88 years old G. wow okay so there's a lot of history a lot of story in this and the way you unravel it is so beautiful um, it's not just about Terry of course it is about her life partner Pat Henschel um, and it's also about it was stated in the documentary it was about the courage to do something different. And Terry did that in multiple areas of her life. First, let's talk about how did she get into baseball? How was she one of these women that was able to b- break through and, and be a part of the, the, the league? Yeah, so she she was always very athletic growing up. Um, she grew up in a little town called Milavel, Saskatchewan, in the prairies of Canada. Um her brother, uh, Tom, was a, a very good athlete also and played ball and hockey. And so Terry, uh, you know, played with him a lot. And she got good because Tom would really challenge her when they played in the, in the field. Um, Terry ended up playing a competitive ball in uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, for the Moose Jaw Royals. Uh, they won a national championship. And at that point, um, we were, were approaching World War II uh, when the men were obviously going over to fight. And uh, the league was, the Major League Baseball was kind of disappearing. And so... Philip K. Wrigley had the idea to start this women's league, and so he was searching all around the U.S. for for girls to play pro ball, and he sent some scouts up to Canada. And one of those scouts happened to go to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, and (laughs) saw Terry Donahue play ball. And he liked what he saw, and he invited her down south to training camp. Uh, So Terry came down with her suitcase. Uh, I think she was 19 years old or 20, uh, and she tried out. And she made the team. And I think you see it in the movie, but her eyes just light up when she tells that story because it was one of the best one of the best things of her life that happened to her. And what's incredible was just sort of all the supporting documentation that you had, the videos, the the photos. That yeah. was an incredible. How, how did you come upon all of that? 
Oh, gee, I mean, you know, when we when I found that, I, it was like the clouds had parted, and <laughs> I knew we had something special. You know, they had a lot of pictures. They had documented pictures, and they had audio cassette tapes and slides that they had taken. And I remember asking Terry and Pat, I said, did you, have any, did you ever take any video, any 8mm? And they, they, you know, they couldn't really remember. And they said, why don't you go down in the basement and take a look? So I went down in the basement, and I was kind of looking around, and I found this old old brown suitcase from the 1950s and I opened it up and reels and reels of eight millimeter <laughs> fell out and I was I you know I was like oh my god and then I saw an old projector and I put the the eight millimeter film in the projector and I started to play it and I saw images of them and then it started to burn the tape started to burn oh my god I gotta I gotta leave this I gotta take it back to New York and try to get it preserved and so I we got it digitized and I watched the whole thing and 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 I tell you it was it was unbelievable. They filmed everything. They filmed dating back to the 1940s. There was, you know, uh, her playing baseball against the Rockford Peaches. There was footage of her and my family when my mother was a 12-year-old girl on the farm of Saskatchewan in the 40s and 50s. So, so I, you know, it was a dream come true because I always knew I wanted to make a film that that kind of showcased their seven-decade love mm-hmm. odyssey and i needed to show them when they were young and this footage gave me the opportunity to do that so it was just unbelievable gift well this documentary appeals to so many people i mean if you're a lover of baseball if you love the movie a league of their own i mean you've got to watch it just for that alone but then you as you're watching you discover this unbelievable incredible love story i mean it's um there are parts of it that are super bittersweet but i wanted to ask you first what was Terry's childhood like? Was she happy when she was growing up? Yeah, she was. She she had a very happy happy childhood, um, loving uh, mother and father, um, immigrants from Italy and from Ireland. Uh, grew up Irish, Italian, Catholic, um, but a really good life. And you hear her say that in the film. She just had a very loving mother and father. Um, you know, her mom was a little scared for her to come down south mm-hmm. to the U.S. Uh, at such a young age to play baseball, but her father convinced her mother <laughs> to let her go but she had a, she had a really good childhood and you kind of weigh that against pat's childhood her you know uh, right. pat's had a very different childhood mm-hmm. that was a lot a lot more complicated a lot um she had a lot of loss there was some abuse so um very different childhoods for both of them so your great aunt terry met pat during the off season in canada but they lived here in the chicago area for a very long time how many decades Five decades. I have to tell you, they love Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, they would always just talk about how much they love that city. And uh, growing up, I, I just, you know, they just loved living there together. And I think their first apartment was on Belden Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Terry came down to 46, played ball, and then they, and then Pat came down in 50, and uh, Terry left the league uh, and moved to Chicago. And they, they lived in Chicago from 1950 until... Um, 2017, when they left the Chicago area to come back home to Canada. Just doing that alone is incredibly courageous, but then also they decided to live together and be together in a time when that just really wasn't done. Yeah, I mean, you know, they came down from Canada so they could hide in a big city. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could kind of, you know, they could blend in. It It was too much visibility being from a small town. They were, they were very kind of prominent in the sports up in Canada. So they could disappear in Chicago a little bit, but it was, you know, what really shocked me is that even in Chicago back in the 1940s and the fifties, how dangerous it was. I mean, Mayor Daley at that point was not pro 
gay or lesbian and um you know you see it in the film but a lot of people's lives were ruined and a lot of uh, lesbian women uh, were outed and gay men were outed and their names were printed in the newspaper um so it was a really tough time they had to be really careful and you know they didn't want to get deported and go back to canada they they jokingly say but it was it was a very dangerous time there was a really sweet moment where i think one of them said that they thought that they were the only two people that felt this way in the whole world yeah, I'm so glad you picked up on that. That's one of my favorite lines, too. Yeah, she, um, yeah, they say that they felt like there are only two people in the world like this. And then a love letter that Pat wrote to Terry um, said, I'm a reader of books, but I've never read anywhere where a woman loves another woman. I hope you feel the same way. Um, so they, this was a whole new thing to them. You know, they had, I don't think, I don't, you know, I often ask them, I said, if you hadn't met each other, do you think you would be, you would have been with another woman? And they don't think they would have. So it's a very, very special love that they had. So what aspect of your great aunt's life inspired you to say, I've got to document this? Well, I've always been completely in awe about the baseball. I mean, who, you know, Leave right. It Alone. I love that yeah. movie. Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna. And, you know, and then so growing up and seeing pictures of my aunt with Madonna and seeing all the press that she did in Chicago, <laughs> WGN Radio and all the TV stations in Chicago, I was, you know, I was just always like, wow, this is so cool. And she's in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown in Canada. So obviously that part is very cool. Um, but it was really them coming out to me that afternoon in, in St. Charles, Illinois in 2009 and telling me that they were gay and then the floodgates opening up and telling me all these amazing stories that I'd never heard, um, you know, like standing in Main Street in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan uh, during a dust storm in 1949 yeah. and no one could see them so they could steal a kiss. I mean, I mean, I was like, how can I not make this movie? Oh, and boy, you even had like a picture, a photo or something of a dust storm. Yeah, we did. We, we we pulled that out of some archival footage of, of that time period mm-hmm. and, 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 and in Saskatchewan. Um, but again, we were so lucky. I mean, I would say 90% of the archival footage in the film is all from, from home, personal um, stuff that they had. Well, what was the catalyst for your great-aunt Terry and for uh, Pat to come out to the family? Yeah, you know what, she, I think, you know, and you hear Terry say it in the film, and, and this is true, she... They were getting to an age um, where, where you know, the, the, you know, you're 88 years old. You're mm-hmm. getting you're in the twilight years of your life, and um, I, I think it was really, really, particularly weighing on on Terry's shoulders that she would die, and um, her family would find out she was gay after she was gone, mm-hmm. and she felt an incredible amount of guilt with that. Um, so I think. You know, Parkinson's, she started getting diagnosed with Parkinson's, and I think she started to see that, you know, she had a few years left, and I think she just needed to get this off her shoulders. Well, I mean, you're a member of the family. Did the family really not know they'd lived together for so long, almost over seven decades, right? I know it sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. Like, <laughs> who was this family? Um, <laughs> no. But I, no judgment I, but I, here. No, it does. I mean, it is. It's like, really? But but I'll tell you what, they... they um, you, gotta, you have to remember that Pat was engaged two or three times to men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry was proposed to a number of times and had, and had boyfriends. Um, they were asked point blank uh, from my family a number of times, are you gay? And they said no. Uh, and so we took them at their word. And, you know, they always just kept saying we're just really good friends and uh, it's expensive to live in Chicago. Uh, and so we, you know, it's, it's cheaper to do this way, to, to, to live together. So... 
that's we just left it at that. And then in 2009, everything changed. <laughs> wow. And then, so what was the, there? you know, it wasn't so, it wasn't completely smooth for the entire family. There were a lot of, uh, there were still some uh, obstacles there. Yeah, you know, my family, it was interesting. I didn't know how people were going to react and, and, and how they'd be when I started filming them and asking questions. But, you know, listen, they all love Terry and they all love Pat. And, and um, I think the biggest point of contention for certain members of my family wasn't the fact that they were gay, but rather the fact that um, they had hidden a secret right. from the family for mm-hmm. so long. And they felt a little bit, they felt betrayed. Um, so, yeah, I know there's my one... My one family member, Tammy, she's great. <laughs> she's I love a her. character. She's got the biggest heart. Oh, she's a character. She's <laughs> she's oh, she's so funny. But she, you know, it wasn't that they were gay. It's that they need they were living in sin. So if they, as long as they get married, then she's fine with it. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then Pat's family, uh, uh, very we don't tragic. really get into. Yeah, but seems yeah, as though she and, had and, a very and, tragic life. Yeah. She did. And her brother, Al, it, that was tough. I mean, yeah. you know, coming out to him, you can see it in the film, they didn't, it was tough. You know, they, he wasn't very accepting of it. Um, and that, that kind of broke Pat's heart. So, you know, some contrast there between the two. Well, you know what? I love the documentary for so many reasons. It's also about growing older. It's also about if you're the primary caretaker of someone that is older in your family, about sort of that downsizing, moving from the the big house into a place where that's more manageable because they lived in St. Charles for a very long time. Your mother, mm-hmm. um, Diana, was very much involved in trying to make sure that they were living in a place where they were safe and comfortable and could be taken care of. And it's also about love in the older decades of life, which I found extremely touching and something that's usually, like, you know, a light's not usually shined on love like that, you know, it's pretty incredible. Uh, you know, gee, thank you. And, you know, I, I completely agree with you. You know, when, when I set out to make this, you know, that, that was a question. I mean, we don't, as a country we're there's ageism in this country and we don't want to put older people on screen. We don't really, it doesn't sell, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, we feel like sometimes they're not relevant when they get old, they're not important, uh, but they do, they are, they have so many stories and such wisdom to share. Um, and I, uh, it was one of the greatest gifts for me getting to spend um, seven years of my life getting to know this other side of their life um, better and getting to meet all of their friends and all of their older friends. I mean, I spent so much time in assisted living facilities. <laughs> um, and they're wonderful. These people, the stories they've got and, and the professions that they had and, and the lives that they led, it's just... I and mean, I felt like I could have made five documentaries. I, I wish, wish I would have had more time. <laughs> what was the you know, the best thing that you learned from this and, and tell people why they should watch. You know, I think right now, um, you know, we're just in, in this time of like the, the, this pandemic that we're going through, um, where we're kind of disconnected in a way uh, from the world. And yet we're very connected through social media, um, which I feel like sometimes disconnects us even more. And I feel like universal stories like um, love, um, just have a very unique way of bringing us all together. And I think we could all use a little more of that right now. Absolutely. And I'm sorry that you weren't able to premiere at South by Southwest, but I'm guessing you've got stuff down the road. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a gut punch. This is my directorial debut, and I was very excited to, you know, you always want to watch your film in front of a live audience um, and see it in a movie theater. That's, that's you know, but, you know, South by Southwest obviously made the right decision. Um, and, you know, we are very, very fortunate to have Netflix as a platform to get this movie um, out and around the world because, you know, I have a lot of filmmaker friends who don't have that opportunity. Um, and we're very, very grateful to... Um, you know, Jason Blum and Blumhouse and Netflix and uh, my producers, Alexa Fogel and Brendan Mason. I mean, the team that I had around me helping me make this film was incredible. And uh, I feel very grateful for that. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Chris. I know that your Aunt Terry is proud of you. I know that your entire family is proud of you. Telling you if you love baseball, if you love the movie A League of Their Own, if, uh, you know, love a good love story, love a story about, a realistic story about getting older and, and love as well and how it changes and develops. It's an incredible documentary. It's called A Secret Love on Netflix. Thank you so much, Chris Boland, for being with us. Gee, thank you so much for having me.